episode eight. Get out of here, Satan. What up, everybody? We're going to start off today with a quick word of prayer. So go ahead, close your eyes, bow your head for me. Dear God, we welcome you into this time, God. We thank you for this time. We welcome the Holy Spirit into our hearts, God. We pray that our heart would represent you, God, that you would use us as a vessel, that you would speak through us and work through us, God. Allow us to be men of action and our action be loving you and loving others. And I pray that people receive love through this podcast and get to know you better, Lord. In your almighty name we pray. Amen. Yes, sir. All right. So this week I was really focused on the book of John and... Basically, John, it, it talks talks about Jesus' time on earth and just the love he was showing while he was on earth was just overwhelming, honestly, you know, because he was just going from place to place, proclaiming his father's name and being persecuted for it. But even through all that, he was he was performing these miracles, right? He was he was bringing the blind men's sight. He was helping the crippled men walk. You know, he was he was welcoming welcoming in the the prostitutes the women who are caught in adultery you know and he was turning people away from from judgment like the people wanted to judge the woman because she was sleeping around but he said all right so what you haven't sinned and sure enough they walk away because we all sinners and so just as i was praying you know i was kind of i guess it was just the spirit put it on my heart it was just simply saying like when we are connected other people are affected so to me what that means is when i'm walking in the holy spirit when i'm bearing his fruit people feel his love i'm now i'm now a vessel i'm now being used to walk in the light and the love of jesus right because when i'm not when i'm not connected with the holy spirit i'm back to my own selfish roots i'm i'm only leaning on my finite self and my small understanding but the minute i open my heart to jesus and i let the holy spirit in that's when the miracles begin begin to come and not in my life, it, that's when other people are affected because that's not what we're here for. We're not to see some miraculous change in our own life. We want that for others. We want others to know the love of Jesus, you know. And just on that topic, it took me to, to John 15. And it's about the vine and the branches. So I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you re remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. If you do not remain in me you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you this is to my father's glory that you hear sorry that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples as the father has loved me so have i loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in my love super fire so many different ways we could run with that right but i just want to start off with the the kind of harsh reality of it where he said the 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 vine that doesn't bear no fruit the branch that's dead is, is withers away and then it's thrown to burn in the ashes you know so if we're walking through this life not connected to god we're not fulfilling our purpose you know we're not sharing the love that he called us to so in return, once we're done on this earth, we've made no difference and we have no connection to God. God doesn't know us and we don't know him. So unfortunately, we're going to be thrown to that fire. You know, we're going to be in hell if we don't know God. That's what it says. You know, we're going to get to that gate and he's going to say, hey, I, I don't know you, bro. And that is only because we haven't accepted his son, because once we accept his son, Jesus, we get access to the Holy Spirit. And this is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It brought life to a dead man, and it, it, it not just Jesus, it brought life to Lazarus, you know, um, which is another story in John, but that's just the true power of the Holy Spirit. And when we walk in it, others are going to be affected in such a great and powerful way because that is truly the love that Jesus had. He only could do that. He could only fulfill his Father's commands through the Holy Spirit because when he became man, he was man. 
without the Holy Spirit, he's just a guy. Without the Holy Spirit, I'm just a regular dude, and I'm going to be out here messing up and not helping nobody and be hurting people and hurting myself. But through the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, now I'm on a different path, on a different plan that was made by God, and not in any ways in my plan, because my plans suck. But the Holy Spirit leading me, some good things start to happen. So I think that's just where we're going to go with it tonight, to lean on the Holy Spirit and let that be your guide. Let that be what determines the purpose in your life, you know? Not ourselves. Truly lean on God, and He's gonna He's gonna show you the plan He has for you. You just gotta trust it. What up? I want to thank y'all again for having me back on the podcast. This is Nick for y'all out there listening. Um, so to get right into it, um, I'm just gonna feed off of the energy in reference to the. Um, when you are connected, others are affected. You know, for me, when I first started reading God's word and started getting into it and doing that stuff, I'm not going to lie, bro. It was just like opening Harry Potter, opening any other book because I had no relationship. To me, it was just a book, right? Yeah, it might be the most sold book, the most famous book and all that stuff. And that's cool, right? But until I personally experienced a spiritual awakening and a spiritual connection and a physical and mental connection with God and really was able to feel him for who he was, I... All that stuff in the Bible was mumbo jumbo to me at the time. So, like, I did hear one verse very early in my relationship with him, and that verse was everything. Um, I do onto and for, you know, others. I do onto and for myself. And, uh, you know, it's kind of known as, like, the golden rule or something we're taught since we were little. is treat others how you want to be treated. And a little experience and example I got with that that kind of opened my eyes to this whole road was um, this dude I was working with at the church named Brandon. He was telling me, I don't know how the conversation came about, but I asked him what was like the shoes he always wanted but couldn't afford or whatever. And he said the Yeezy Zebras. And I started cracking up when he told me because, bro, I had those shoes sitting at my crib just in the closet. And I was like, bro, believe it or not, I got those shoes. I wore them maybe a handful of times and I don't even like them. You can just have them. Somebody told me I should give to others. Without expecting anything in return I was like this is a cool example and way I can do it So boom I gave him the shoes And I tell you what my birthday was maybe like a month later And Chris who's here on the podcast with me Bro randomly bought me a pair of like $500 all black Onyx Yeezys Brand new out the box And I was like dang And when I really saw the shoes The first thing that came to my mind was Bro I just gave somebody a pair of Yeezys That to them was like everything And was nothing to me But meant a lot to that person and this person may have not been a lot to them, but to me, it was everything. Because it was some all-black shoes that can go with everything. It was a nice, crispy pair, and it was some Yeezys, right? So, in other words, because I was attempting and trying to get connected to God, and I felt led, and was just trying to... I didn't know what being obedient was, right? But I knew... So I had these things that this person really wanted, and they were of no beneficial thing to me. I can maybe get a couple of dollars, or I can make this boy a day and just give him the shoes. So by doing said thing, then I was able to see return value on it that God showed me. And, you know, I'm only sharing this example to kind of put in your minds an experience that I have with what really allowed me to see. Right. Because I was connected to God. Somebody else was affected by it. Right. And yes, it may be in just a, a small example and on a physical level. Right. Because they didn't get a spiritual gift or something like that that I may have got. But what they did get. Was that and it, what it was cool about it was it opened the opportunity for conversation for me to share with him later on. Hey, Brandon, you ain't gonna believe this, bro. Remember them shoes I gave you? Bro, tell me how my homeboy hooked me up with a brand new pair of some different ones. And I was able to share the same message that was the only thing from, from the Bible I remember hearing or reading or whatever. And that was just everything I do onto and for someone, I do onto and for myself. And that was kind of what transpired, you know, the whole relationship aspect. And that was the first time I said, dang, bro, God's word real like that. That that junk actually true. It happened. Right. Because I had to see it for myself because I'm a knucklehead. You could tell me God's word true. But that that's like saying, you know, what I'm saying the president is right with everything he says. I don't know that because I'm not the president. I don't work for him. I don't know anything. But I, I got to experience God's word firsthand. And that was able to allow others to be affected. And you can look at other examples like, you know, you start going to church, you start reading your Bible, you start doing this, you start doing all these things. Right. And then other people get a taste of what you uh, get get to see firsthand of what you used to be compared to where you are doing stuff God's way. Maybe not getting in trouble, maybe just sobering up a little bit, maybe, 
you know, not hanging out with certain types of people, whatever that may look like for each individual person as your struggle. Anybody who has any experience with giving God a chance knows that other people start to ask questions because what you're doing is so not you. It's so not anything you would do on your own that it just naturally attracts others to question, to look at and to fathom and try to understand what really is changing you. Right. Henceforth, though, when you are connected or even trying. Right. God is using you trying to get connected in ways you may never imagine. He may tap somebody on the shoulder and say, look what they doing. Or how did they get that and spark their curiosity? It may be in envious ways. It may not. It doesn't matter because that's God's work. But like I said, I just want to throw in some quick examples um, that I had in quick experience to kind of go with that. Just maybe show some some ways about that. No, as far like it's crazy because, uh, you know, from this story about me getting him the Yeezys, I'm wearing a shirt he gave me. He's giving me my Pharrell Williams. He gave me my dunks. I got, like, four shirts at the crib that he's giving me. You know what I'm saying? And when he was saying that, I was thinking about it, like, before, like, I, you know, I came in and started building a relationship with, with Christ, um, you know, the, the people I was around, like, they wouldn't really, you know, they're not really, if I were, if I were to do something for them, right, I'd be expecting something back from them. Like, it'd be an expectation that I'm going to get something back for that. And if someone did, and it's, like, vice versa, right, then I'm expecting that, you know, they're expecting that I'm going to do something back for them, right? Like, all my relationships were, like, it was just, like, if you're going to do something for somebody, right, back in the day, it was, like, because I need something back, right? It was always selfish. Like, I had an ulterior motive for everything. And today, it's, like, the people in my life are connected with God, do have a relationship with God. And... If I call on Nick and I'm like, dang, bro, I'm down bad. I need something. He's like, I got you, right? If I call up on Wally, I'm like, dang, bro, I'm down bad. I need something. He's like, I got you, bro, and vice versa. I do the same for these boys, too. And uh, I could truly say that's only because of God, you know, from God's teaching and then how Wally's saying having the Holy Spirit in me. Before having a, that Spirit of God in me, it's like I don't really care about nobody else. I don't care what they need. I was selfish, right? You know, instinctively almost, right? Like human nature, like I, my instinct is is to to feed myself, right? Like I need I'm I need to eat, I need to survive. Having God dwell inside of me though, it's like a whole different perspective and mindset. Like God literally the only way that my human nature could be changed, right? It's literally the way that I am is obviously through something so powerful, right? Through God. That's the only way that I'm gonna have a different mindset about that stuff, you know. I was thinking about it on the way up here too, you know, being connected, affecting others. I don't know. Wally Wally sent sent me a nick something, but I can't remember how he said it. But um, in the Bible, it talks about like uh, how the church is supposed to look, you know, and it's saying like, if, you know, if you got a church full of a thousand people and they all got the Holy Spirit in them, what, what's it going to look like when you walk in there for your first time? It's going to be shocking. Like, you're going to be like, this is a group of people that I've never experienced before. You know, they're over, they're over joyous. They're happy. They're loving. You know, maybe it's not even something material that they're giving, but they're giving you spirit and energy, you know, food for the spirit. And you walk in there and it's like, for me, like every group of people I'm around, like at work, at, you know, work's really my big one, right? But when I go into work, it's like, we're all, there is no altruism. We're all trying to get a bag. We're all trying to do what's best for us, you know? I try to bring my, my Christian principles into work, but, you know, at the end of the day, right, like, that's how it is at work. And that's what I expect. You know, I'm not shocked about it. But when I walk into a group of people and they're really, they're connected, right? It says that the church is the body of Christ. So so Nick might be the leg and Wally might be the arm. I might be the other leg type of thing, you know, like, we're connected as the body of Christ. And so it's like we're all feeding off of each other, you know, it's, it's why we're so effective, right? And then for the person who doesn't have the spirit in them to, to walk in that environment, there is not going to be long before, like, they can truly, it's Christ, they're literally seeing Christ, right? Because it says in the Bible, like, that's the body of Christ. And then it's like our effect to people who don't, you know, have a relationship or do, who don't know God, it's impactful, right? Especially in groups, you know, because we're all, we're all a part of that. They're literally seeing Jesus as, like, this group, you know? And, um, uh, I don't know, it's just one thing I thought about is, like, the ripple effect, you know. It's something I was taught about. And it's, like, you can do something real small for somebody, open a door or something like that, and may have a smile on your face, say say a compliment to somebody, 
and the ripple effect of it, right, is that now they're a little bit happy in their day. Maybe they're having a bad day, and it turns their day a little bit around. So then they touch somebody. And this guy, Jordan Peterson, he's a he's a psychologist, and he says that you'll come in contact, like personally know and be connected with about a thousand people. Like you'll you'll make a true connection with about a thousand people in your life. And he says, so a thousand times a thousand, was that a million? What's a thousand times a thousand? Yeah, so he's saying if you touched a thousand people in a positive way, the thousand people that they touch in a positive way, right? You, He says, so like your little things that you're doing don't seem like they have a big impact, but they, it's like mountains that it's moving, you know, because it's really a, the effect you have on those thousands is going to have effect on a million, right? Is the way he's kind of explained it. And I think that's so real, you know, but how like the thing saying is like, I have to be connected for that. In my nature, how I am, I know myself. I'm an egomaniac. I'm selfish and self-centered. You know, I want for me. And obviously that's going to be a different effect on people. But when God dwells within me, it's a positive effect that I get to have on people. And that's why it's so crucial that I'm constantly building my faith and growing my relationship, right? Because that relationship with God is what ends up affecting the relationship with people, you know. Yeah, no, that's fire. I like how you brought up the, the body, too, because we are called to be the body of Christ, right? So we are called to be the hands and the feet. But at all times, Jesus is the head. He's the head of the church, and he's got to be the the thought process behind it. You know, as being the head, he's the brain, he's the power. He's the thing that's going to gonna move us to do these things that we might not want to do. And just like, like my boy was telling me today, like most of the time when we're inconvenienced, that's when we're the most of service, right? So it's the things that, that we don't necessarily want to do in our flesh, in our body, in our sinful nature. We don't want to do these things, per se. But once we welcome the Holy Spirit in, it's not about us. And we realize that and we recognize that. So even though we don't want to hold that door or we don't really, we might not even like dude's shoes, but we're going to compliment him on his shoes just because it could lift him up in a positive way. And then like Chris was saying, that's going to have such an effect on so many more people, you know, like then him feeling good, he's going to go on and spread that love. And it's going to be that effect that's going to build, build and build until waves are being made, you know, then it's a wave of love, a wave of kindness, a wave of peace flowing through our surroundings, you know, flowing through our city. And that's what, that's what, God called us to do you know he wants us to to be that that gap he wants us to bridge be a bridge from from the those that have found the love of Jesus to those that are lost that are the, that are in the darkness and the only way we can do that is when we truly open up our hearts and and we let God destroy our heart he has to break our heart because our heart is as hard as rock it has no love in it it is only focused on us it, it is truly a I mean, we're born selfish, bro, selfish and self-centered. That's how we are. But once we let God in, he starts to, to break down those those bad qualities, those character defects, and, and he molds it into a heart of flesh that is used to love, that is used to function how the heart is in the body. It flows, you know, it causes the blood to flow. And through our heart, being a heart that loves God, we're going to love other people, you know, and that's the most important thing. Like, it really doesn't matter what we're doing in the church because it's easy to feel the holy spirit in the church it's easy to feel god in the church because it's all these people all this music all these smiles whether they're fake or genuine all these words of love that might not even mean nothing but when we're outside of the church and we're walking in that love and we're bearing that fruit that's when the miracles happen you know when we come across that person that that may never step into the church but we love them for who they are not who they could be that's how they become who they're supposed to be in God's eyes, you know? Like when we truly accept them, when we, we have an open heart and welcome anybody in, that's what God wants us to do. He's not going after the the cookie-cutter people, you know? Jesus' time on earth, he was hanging with the fishermen, with the, the like I said, bro, the prostitutes. He was hanging with people that are not by the books like good people. But in God's eyes, they're his children. And that's why he sent his son to them. Because if, if you start with those people, those people have had these hard experiences that have a real story, a real testimony that's, that's going to show like, dang, like if God loved them, he could love me too. You know what I'm saying? And that takes people away from those lies of the enemy, those lies that the devil wants us to believe where it's like, no, I am defined by my mistakes and I'm broken and I'm disgusting. And I have all this shame and I'm carrying all this baggage. So who could possibly love me? You know, that's where the devil wants us to be at, in that place of isolation. He wants us to be alone. But the minute 
one person, one person comes up to you that has the Holy Spirit, you feel a love that is different. You know what I'm saying? You feel a connection that you can't even describe. And then you start to seek after that, you know? And, and you're like, dang, I really want what that boy's got. And so you start asking and you start showing up and you go to church and you serve when you don't want to, you know? I spent like the first like year, even now to this day, I still be doing someone else's job that they get paid for, stacking some chairs, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where I found, I started to find God. I started to find Jesus in the, those humble places where it's like, I don't even have to do this, but you know what? I want, I want to be, I want to be around these people that love God and that know God. I want to, I want to help somebody out because I know in a hard time, like I, I could use help, but maybe no one's going to help me. You know what I'm saying? And so as, as the body of Christ, we have to go out into this world as the light as the light in the darkness because we truly are in a dark crooked generation bro like it's tough out there there's really nothing but temptation it's everywhere you look you know like and that's just that's the the true reality of it you know it's spiritual warfare out there because the devil be grinding bro the devil is grinding trying to pull us back away from that light that god has called us to and unless more christians more more followers more more so-called believers unless we start stepping out into faith bro and truly showing that love like the darkness is going to overtake this world you know and that's the reason we're out here doing this bro that's the reason we're even on this podcast started this podcast bro because we want those people that feel no love that feel nothing but darkness that they, they feel alone to realize like look we felt the same way but now we found god and and we're building and growing in a relationship with him and in no way are we perfect but it definitely feel way better now having a power greater than myself to lean on and then in return whenever i'm truly connected to him and leaning on him other people get affected in a positive way like it's, it's fire bro like like seeing someone else smile bro is way more important than me smiling you know what i'm saying and that's only because of the holy spirit bro because it used to be all about me how am i going to be happy today how am i going to have a good day today but I, I notice now that whenever I do truly start my day and welcome the Holy Spirit, my prayers are no longer, God, let's just have a great day today, God. I hope I'm super happy all the time. And I hope I am have no struggles and face no trials. Instead, it's more of, God, how can I be of service today, God? Use me as a vessel. And then once I, I welcome that spirit of positivity and love in, that's when I start praying for other people. And that's the, the most important thing is praying for others because you could physically help people in so many different ways. But the most powerful way to help them is is praying for them. So I don't know. I know Nick is big on prayer, bro. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what it looks like praying for other people. You want to run it up? Yes, yes uh, passing it to Nick. thing is actually uh, kind of funny. You mentioned praying for other people. I was really over here kind of meditating on it and thinking about, you know, if I can be honest, wow, that's something I used to do like all the time that I haven't been doing as much. You know, I, I feel like um, <clears throat> I heard pretty early on um, with my relationship with God, you know, I shouldn't pray to God for anything besides Thanksgiving and praying for others. And the only time I should pray for myself selfishly is if I am doing it because whatever I'm praying for can in turn help others in some fashion or some way. And I got to say, man, it it's a very cool thing that when I get out of myself and worry about others and worry about God, that somehow miraculously every time my problems are just gone. I remember I was working with a mentor and every time I call him, I ask him, like, what should I do about this situation? Bro's answer was pray and help somebody else out. And I was like, dude, like, all right, so how is helping this person finna help me, right? And all this stuff, and it just be the same answer. Just pray, help that person out, and just call me after. And kind of like how Wally was saying about seeing somebody smile, man. When did, when you just get, when I just would get out of myself and just pray for or think about others or anything, it would just be so cool. And I would say the one thing that's really cool about praying for others, man, is that's one of the things that definitely strengthened my relationship so strongly with God. I remember when I was a knucklehead, I was, you know what I'm saying, selling selling drugs doing all that stuff wilding out doing breaking the entrance and just doing all that crazy stuff right the last thing i was thinking about was praying but not my dad not my mom not my grandma you know they had enough sense to pray for me when i didn't have enough sense to pray for myself so i truly feel as if those prayers that they said are 100 percent the reason why today i'm able to you know have a relationship with god and to do that stuff and not be staring at you know 
four concrete walls surrounded around me in a jail cell or an institution or just wherever, right? And um, I feel like that's the importance is seeing that person that, you know, when they first come in the, in the church, their breath might smell like alcohol or they may have just went out the night before or the girl that might look like a little hoochie or whatever going on, right? It's kind of just like, Yes, as a person, I may have an initial judgment and an initial thing like that, right? But what's so cool about how Wally was talking about the Holy Spirit being within us, thoughts like that's not right. You need to be praying for that person, not thinking about that person come up, right? And it's cool. I'm able to check myself, right? It doesn't become different stuff. It doesn't turn to gossip, jokes, whatever, right? It's like, okay, I have an initial thought because I'm human and I'm, I'm not a good person, right? Because I'm a person. But that goodness that's in me, that's God, tells me I need to pray for that person. So you say a prayer for that person, and two week, next week, they back at church. Maybe a little more cleaned up, maybe a little whatever. Then you see them another week. They there with a family member. Then something else happened. More family members or friends, and then they're a part of it. They're serving at the church. And i just seen it so many times where I see an opportunity to pray for somebody because I remember when somebody prayed for me when I didn't have that sense. And that person literally may have nobody in their life praying for them. So I think that that's just the importance of it. And realizing if I, if my, if I can't change anybody's circumstance or situation with my hands or my feet, and all I can do out of my mouth is tell them encouragement and loving things, I feel like none of that equates to the value of saying, God, I'm bringing their situation to you because I don't know if they are or if they aren't. Can you please bless them? Like, if you can show yourself to them, even better. But if not, can you please just, everything I want for myself, I don't want nothing. Just help them out. Because seeing them struggle, when they a good person, it hurts me. And it's, it's a very sucky feeling. But it builds so much trust. Because if you can ask God to help another person and you see him do it, only a fool, I think, and I'm a fool, I'll say it 100%, can then look at their situation and say, how is God going to help me with this? Right. Because it's not their situation. I'm not them. But it's like time and time and time again. You know, so I just think one of the biggest things is definitely praying for other people, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful practice. Um, and I say practice because for me, that's what it started out as, as a practice. You know, it's just something I need to try to do. And later on, it blossomed into something that I wanted to do, just like everything else that comes with it following God. It's something I'm going to try to do that later has turned into something I want to do. So that's kind of all I really had on praying for somebody. No, that's fire for sure. I think prayer for someone else is is crucial definitely in the, the Christian walk. And I definitely I can uh voice out Nick that I definitely ain't been as good about it. I've been praying a lot about glorifying God and all that stuff. I don't know, my prayers go so different from time to time, but I definitely I gotta be intentional, I think, a little bit about praying for other people a little bit more. Um I don't know, it definitely I think it changes my perspective and everything like that. One thing I did want to talk about, though, is uh, I thought about it a, a couple of times now, and I think I talked about it a little bit last week, but it's uh, this connection with Christ. And um, go back to C.S. Lewis. <laughs> I love that boy. <laughs> Bro, I got another book by him. He's he's just so fire. But um, he uh, it's the way he explains it. So, like, when you read Old Testament, right, you got all the prophets and everything like that. Um, none of them are perfect. Right, not one of them doesn't commit a sin, and basically it's trial and error all the time. And what you get from Old Testament is you see that it's it's impossible for a person to be good. It's not hard. It's not really difficult. It's physically impossible. There's no such thing as a person who is who's righteous in the eyes of God, right? Except for Jesus Christ, you know. And so, God already knew this, right? He's prophesying Jesus Christ through the Old Testament. And he knew that this was going to be the outcome, that people cannot be good people, right? And you see it right when it starts, Adam and Eve, right? I like to look at Adam and Eve and be like, oh, I would have been different, right? I wouldn't have done that. But in all reality, I would have ate the apple too. I've eaten a lot of apples, eaten way more than one. Yeah, I ate the orchard. There's a whole farm, farm of apples. I ate every single one of them, you know. And it's like, as soon as they commit that sin, they go against God, right? That's when... That's when heaven and earth split because they were actually one. That's what Eden was, was like this connection. The way I explain it is like if you cup your hands into two C's and then put the tips of your fingers together, right? That was heaven and earth. And what happens is they split, right? Because the sin is committed and God can't have that in heaven. 
right? And then from there on, God condemns us and says, like, now, now you're going to work. Now, now you have these responsibilities. You will have pain. You will have suffering. You'll have these, you know, it all changes, right? Because Adam and Eve commit these two sins. And then that continues on for, for the rest of time, right? The difficulty of trying to be a perfect person. My goal is to be perfect. I don't know that's ever going to happen. My goal is to be perfect, right? It's so difficult, right? So the thing about Christ and my connection with other people, it's this is long, but it's going to come together. God sends Christ. Christ dies on the cross. With that, I get the Holy Spirit. Christ was perfect in his walk, and he faced all of the adversity that a normal human would have faced, and he overcame every single bit of it. The only way that I can overcome it is when Christ comes within me, right? And so that's the crucial part of this, right, is that I cannot affect other people in a positive way without Christ because I'm not a good person. When I do get that Holy Spirit, when he does get to dwell in me, right, is my opportunity. I have a chance now, right, because God's dwelling, dwelling within me. I'm a, I, become, I become 100% man, and then, not 100%, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't 100%, but a big part of me, you know what I'm saying? Like, or a part of me, I only say a big part, but a part of me now. I now have God that's in me. You know, and then it's from then on, right, my whole life changes. And when you read the Bible about the Holy Spirit, right, so it says actually the Holy Spirit should glorify Jesus because the only reason we got it is because he died on that cross, you know. But when you read about it, it says the Holy Spirit's like forcing Paul into these places he doesn't want to go all through Acts over and over again, right? Paul would have never gone to these cities and faced all this persecution. The Holy Spirit telling him like, oh, you're going to get you're going to get all this persecution. You're going to get in prison. You're going to get beat. You're going to get yelled at. He didn't want to go. He says it's. He said the Holy Spirit is forcing me, right? So he was a good man because he now has that. He has Christ within him, you know. Um, Pastor Wally. Dang boy, <laughs> drop the mic. That was sheesh. That boy was snapping. No, nah, but I mean we're we're talking a lot about the Holy Spirit, and I know we talked about it before, but just to just to give you a little a little knowledge, if you're if you're sitting here like what is the what is the Holy Spirit like? How do I even get it? get attached to this how do i let it into me you know what i'm saying the holy spirit was was part of jesus's sacrifice you know because when he came to earth he couldn't be with all of us at once he was just in one place performing his miracles but he told his disciples he told them um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go back to heaven to be with my father but i'm gonna leave you an advocate you know so I'm going to leave you, leave you someone who, who's going to guide you and who's going to love you and who's going to be with you the same way I was. But instead of just being with you specific people with like what the 12 disciples or however many it was, um, he's going to be with everybody in that way. And now that power is attainable to all of us. We all have access to the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is acknowledge that Jesus did die on the cross and that he made that sacrifice out of a place of love from uh, for us. You know what I'm saying? Like he in no way had to do that because he lived a perfect life on this earth. He didn't deserve none of the torture he went through, you know. And even after he went through the torture and rose again, people were still like, ah, are, you really God? are you really God? You know what I'm saying? And he could have just struck them down with lightning at that moment. But instead, he just loved them. You know, he was like, look, how else can I prove to you that I am God, that I'm the son of God? I'm Jesus. You know, I'm the Messiah. I'm sent here to save you all. Everybody, anybody who wants to be saved is now can now get it. You know what I mean? And like I, I was saying earlier, this this power that he talks about, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what raised him out of the tomb. You know, like that boy was dead. He died on the cross. He said it is done. And he died. And they carried his dead body into the tomb and wrapped him up. Um, but then, sure enough, like, he he rose, you know. And that was all the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says in um, Ephesians 1, verse 19. It says that, that we, we are now, we can all have that spirit, that power that raised Jesus from the grave, you know. And so all we have to do is look for it, you know. When we feel that, that, that knock, that little tap on our shoulder from God that's like, hey, like, come on now, like, don't do that, or maybe go do that, and we don't want to listen, like, that's the Holy Spirit, he speaks in a small, still voice inside of us that tells us these things, you know, and I'll just give a little example, like, today, bro, where I did not listen to the Holy Spirit, like, I, because, bro, even though I loved God, and I love Jesus, there's still times where I choose me instead of listening to that small voice that is the Holy Spirit, you know, because by nature, like, you know what I'm saying, I, I bite the apples, I eat the apple. Because I'm, I'm a sinner, you know, but I'm saved by grace through Jesus. So today I'm at the shop and I'm running out of stuff to watch on Netflix. And I'm, there's this movie on there that I know I should not watch because it, it, 
it has a lot of stuff that I struggle with, you know. So just put it out as Wolf of Wall Street, you know, which is a, a tragic movie to watch as a believer and as someone who's trying to be sober and, and be clean, you know what I'm saying? So I feel, I literally, I see it on the top 10 list in Netflix and I'm like, can't watch it, bro. Can't do it. Sure enough, I watched it. And what did it? <laughs> I didn't know you was going with that. I thought he was going to say you didn't watch it. No, I definitely watched it. I bit the apple. But what, what did that leave me with? I denied the Holy Spirit and chose me. So what did I get to watch? I got to watch like three hours of extreme drug abuse, so many lustful images, just degrading women, just being so disrespectful and hateful towards women and towards family and, and even towards the law. And I sat there and I watched it and I loved it. Cause I, I love, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> bro, I'm just a lover of self, bro. I had denied the Holy Spirit. So at that moment, I'm only working with what I have. My little finite a bit ability to, to deny the, the enemy. Instead, I welcomed him in and let all these bad thoughts come into my head. So then I'm over here thinking like, damn boy, it must be nice going out again lit with the boys. Must be nice, all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm having lustful images, lustful thoughts. I'm thinking of things that, that don't please God at all. Instead, I'm glorifying the sin that God has saved me from, you know? As someone who struggles with drugs and alcohol and struggles with lust, why am I glorifying it? Why am I putting on a movie that then is not only affecting me, it's affecting all the clients that come in? Think about it. I'm cutting, I'm cutting two people an hour. That movie's three hours long, so that's six people that were affected by this movie today. And is that a positive mark on their day? No, bro, not at all. I'm someone who supposedly is claiming God, but I'm basically watching a porno on the TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that's not that's not how you represent represent God. And, and I had to feel the conviction about it, because then one person doesn't show up or have a second, uh, a little break, a little 15 minutes. So I'm like, you know what? I need to go out. I need to get back in the word. I need to read, read the word. But when I go out to, to read the Bible, I'm feeling distracted, bro. My head is not, not focused on the word. My heart is not in the right place. And my mind is everywhere. It's everywhere, but where it needs to be. So what do I do? I could either run with it and close my Bible, go back in and put on another movie I shouldn't watch. Instead, I just take a second, bro. I take a second to, to refresh, to reset, to realign myself with God. You know what I'm saying? And I truly do come into prayer in a place of repentance and a place of surrender. I say, God, I'm sorry. You tried to tell me not to watch that movie, but what I do, I watched it anyway. And now I have to deal with the consequences, you know, because I get to choose the sin, but I don't get to necessarily choose the consequence. So... Which, that's not my bar. A pastor said that last week. I can't take that. Got to shout out Pastor Ralph. That boy snapped. But, so now I'm dealing with the consequence. And the consequence for, for me was I no longer felt that connection with God. I didn't feel that, that, that presence, you know. Even though I was trying to do the right thing and get in his word and pray and, and be positive and loving, I was still, my mind was flooded with sin. So I had to turn all that over to God and welcome the Holy Spirit back in. And in time, bro, I just had to make the next right decision, which was, was to pray and to read the Bible through all the distractions, through all the bad thoughts. I said, you know what? No, that is not what I want. What I want to do right now is glorify God. So I'm going to spend this little 20 minutes, 15 minutes just reading his word and realigning myself with his will. And his will is in this book. And this book is my guide. You know, it, it tells me what to do. And then the Holy Spirit pushes me to do that. You know what I'm saying? So once I, I got I got the knowledge, you know, I heard from God through his word and I, I reestablished that presence through the Holy Spirit. I was back on track. And then sure enough, the next client who comes in is a fellow believer and we get to talk and we get we get to lift up God and we get to tell each other about the good things that's going on that God is doing in our lives, you know, and then boom, just like that, I'm in a, a, a place of love, I'm in a place of, of peace, all because of God and, and that I believe that he truly sent that next client in for that reason, that I needed a little push, a little extra push right there in the moment to get back in, in his will. And so that's the that's the thing that the Holy Spirit is going to do for you. He's going to do things that we can't do on our own. You know, he, he's going to push us to do the right thing. And then even when we don't, he's going to welcome us back with open arms. You know, like we're going to try to to walk away or run away from God. But he's following us. He's right behind us. You know what I'm saying? He just he's a gentleman, so he's not going to yank our shoulder and turn us back around but he's going to tap us and be like hey bro are you sure you want to go that route are you sure you want to keep going to that place are you sure you want to keep drinking that are you sure you want to hop in the car even though you know you're drunk you know what i'm saying like 
stuff like that, bro. He's going to tap on your shoulder, bro. And it's just our job as believers to be obedient to his word and also to be humble, to, to realize that we don't always know what's best for us. Actually, most of the time we don't ever know what's best for us, especially me. I like to choose probably the worst, worst option every time. Um, unless I'm aligned with Christ, unless I have welcomed the Holy Spirit into the, to the decision and most importantly into every day. Because if I don't start the day with the Holy Spirit, it's a straight sin festival, bro. And that leads to nothing but chaos. And in that, I'm not connected. And when I'm not connected, other people are affected too, but in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, a double, it's a double-edged sword right there. Like when we're connected with the Holy Spirit, people are affected. But when we're not connected... People are also affected, but in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, I'll definitely give a uh, a quick illustration to help me out. Because uh, when Wale had first started, he was getting into the people that may not understand what the Holy Spirit is, right? And uh, different stuff like that. Early on, um, when I started trying to, you know, get some knowledge about God and stuff like that, bro, that Holy Spirit word was so weird and I didn't understand it. They're talking about three people being one and Holy Spirit being a gift. And I, I didn't understand it. Right. And uh, this dude has shared with me this little uh, illustration he had heard. So it was a little um, like a little Indian village and the grand chief or whatever you want to call it um, was explaining to the youngins um, about the spirit animals that because they were curious what spirit animals were and stuff like that and he said the best way i can describe it to you guys is like this right within every single one of us there's two wolves there's a black wolf and there's a white wolf the white wolf is a very calm it's very tame it's very quiet it's, it's a very well behaved uh you know wolf the black wolf is crazy it's a rabbit dog it just at the fool it bites the hand that feeds it it hunts it does all that stuff right now, naturally, if you can look at this depiction as just two animals, right? Naturally, if you're feeding the white wolf more, right? Um, we'll look at the white wolf as being, you know, the Holy Spirit within you. And we'll look at the black wolf as being just your spirit, your you, your selfish desires, right? If you're feeding more into the white wolf, right? You keep feeding the white wolf based on your actions. You say, all right, do I want to go to the bar? Or should I just stay at the house, maybe do the dishes for wifey and, and lay down, right? You decide to do just the responsible thing. What you consider to be responsible, just doing the dishes, staying at the house, right? Maybe cracking open the Bible or doing whatever. You're feeding the white wolf. After a couple of nights, it, it, it's getting easier to feed the white wolf over the, over the black wolf, right? He's a little bit more weak. He's not as loud. He's not as ferocious because he's not fed. As more time continues on, right, the white wolf... wolf it's just so strong. It's so powerful because it's been on a, you know, a discipline routine diet, getting food It's doing all these different things. But the black wolf is starting to dwindle. Right. So if I look at that as my selfish desires versus the Holy Spirit's desires within me, whichever wolf that I'm feeding is going to become more powerful. It's just inevitable. Whoever eats more will be stronger, will survive longer. And if my goal as a Christian is to die to self. Right. That means not feeding that black wolf. And sometimes I might throw him a scrap. You know what I'm saying? Just like Wally was just talking about. But when I throw that scrap, man, it comes with so much guilt, so much heavy feelings, so much things, because it's literally saying, like, nah, I'm going to choose me over God on this one. And at first when I heard that, I was like, nah, it's not that deep. Yeah, it's pretty much that deep when I do those certain things. It's like, dang, I, I want to do what I want to do more than what God want me to do. Yeah, he might have made me. He might have made everything around me. He might have put the gas in my car, the food in my fridge, clothes on my back. Etc. On and on and on the list can go right, but nah, I'm gonna just do what I want to do. So I just thought it would be very helpful to throw in that illustration, as even without knowledge of what exactly it is, if you can literally just look at it as should I do the right thing or the me thing, right? Because the right thing is always gonna be the harder thing. It's always gonna be like while they're saying the, the more quiet voice, right? If I want to go have some drinks with the boys versus staying home and being ready for work in the morning. Obviously, the thoughts of going out with the boys are going to be way more loud. My mind will justify all these reasons why it's fun, why I should do this, why I should do that. I'm going to miss out, have FOMO, all these different stuff, right? But maybe only one time or two times where I think, nah, I should just stay at the house. It's probably the right thing to do. I'll be fresh for work or whatever. But 
just kind of want to give some examples real quick to the person that may be, you know, not understanding, even after diving in deep and listening to sermons or doing whatever, you still like, what is this Holy Spirit junk, right? Just know it's just trying your best to choose God over you with a little bit of limited knowledge that you have at hand and that you've been taught and that you are at right now. No, that's so far. I like too the little shift of like the good and the and the bad, right? Um, you know, I think it's uh just for me personally is uh you know some of my my sins that I'm trying to overcome. It's like when I do indulge in that sin, I want to indulge in it even more. When I pull away from it, when I lean into God and I overcome it. A little bit less. I don't want to indulge in that sin anymore. And if I keep fighting in the right direction, you know, even if I come across like I do fold again, but I've been doing good and I, I've been really working hard. I've been really trying to have God take control and give God the control. It's like slowly but surely, right? That sin becomes less and less. It's get crushed more and more, right? Like God will overpower it. God's the most powerful thing. You know, but if it's like the other side of it, it's like for me, right? Like I've said it before, I was a dope fiend. Like when I started using dope to when I was finishing was not the same, right? Like whenever I was coming into recovery, when I started, you know, it wasn't like every single day all the time. But because I was indulging in it, I wanted more and more and more and more because I wasn't it wasn't doing what I needed it to do. Right. And then the opposite side of that is like when I'm going into running in the opposite direction, I'm feeding the opposite direction. Right. I'm getting so satisfied and getting so filled. I just want to get filled and filled and filled. It's always like it works in the opposite direction, basically, kind of how Nick is saying, right? And I get further away from it and I go further in the correct direction, you know? I think initially for me, right, like whenever I'm actually making that change, like to begin with, it was tough, especially too because I I was around a lot of people who had God in their life, you know? A lot of people had God in their life and – uh it seemed like the things were a little bit easier for them when they had that connection that I didn't have. And that connection for me didn't come the first time I'm trying to get away from this sin. You know, it took months of just trying to do the right things before it really came. And then when it came, it was like my whole life changed. You know, all the sin in my life is now I want rid of it, right? I want more of God. I'm like chasing God a little harder. And I want to get away from the sin, right? I can notice the sin. I can pull away from it, you know? It's kind of pulled away a little bit, I guess, from affected, but I guess to bring it back, you know, it's like today, right, being that, you know, I try, just because while I gave an example, I got pissed off at work. I always get pissed off. I get pissed off at work every single day. Um, I was screaming curse words, and uh, it's crazy, though, because God convicted me about it, and so I went. I have a little corner at my work is where I get on my hands and knees, you know, and I pray, and I did because I was like, I got to pray for this person. You know, shout out Mike. I'm about to say something. <laughs> I'm about to go in, boy. But, nah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I don't want to curse. Yeah. Yeah, the little whisper. Yeah. And, uh, but nah, man. I, I went and I prayed. And I prayed for him. Like Nick was saying, I prayed for him, you know. I chose the opposite direction. I did get a little hot with him, you know what I'm saying. But quick amends was made right after. I saw the truth, which is like he's just another human selfish you know doesn't have the holy spirit and needs my love right needs to see what the opposite side looks like you know i can't just dive into his right direction you know and that will affect him a lot heavier that you know i started out bad i was able to make an amends though i was able to come back and and he he could see uh you know a different side you know what i'm saying and so that's you know that's my example from today and i got a bunch of them every day bro i mess up every day every day these people but anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. <laughs> Good Wally. No, I just, I just think it's fire, bro. Like, for me, when I when I started to feel bad about the little things, like, like you know what I'm saying, the most people, the little things we just mentioned, like watching a movie or getting angry at a coworker, that's completely normal, right? That's regular behavior. Nothing wrong with that. And that's how I used to think until I made that connection with the Holy Spirit. And that's when the Holy Spirit started to convict me when I was in the wrong, when I wanted to justify something. But I knew, and that little voice in me was like, probably shouldn't do that. You know, that's the spiritual growth aspect of it. And the more we start to welcome the Holy Spirit into our day and into our life, like the more guidance we receive from it, you know. 
and I just wanted to close with a quick verse and it says this is this is uh Colossians 2 verse 6 and it says so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness so once we accept Jesus we're called to be rooted in him to be built up in his love and to listen to the things we're taught and sometimes we got to learn lessons the hard way and we're going to we're going to choose our own way and we're going to be convicted about it or we're going to get a bad consequence but it's also our job to turn back to God and say you know what you wanted better for me so this time this next chance I get, I want to lean on your Holy Spirit and, and truly try to walk in your light and the obedience you have called me to, you know. And so I'll just challenge you that, like, when you feel that little knock, when you hear that little voice, like, act on it and see the difference, you know. See the joy you feel when you do what you know is right and then thank God for it. And then that's how you start to be in that relationship, you know. So just on, on that note, I want to close this out in a little word of prayer. So if you could just close your eyes and bow your head one more time. Shout out TC before we pray. You feel me? <laughs> no, dear God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your spirit and how your spirit has flown in this podcast. I pray that people's hearts are touched, Lord, and they become aware of the knock at the door that they are feeling from you. That little voice inside of them that is telling them where to go and what to do. Not from a, a place of judgment, from a place of love, though, and an expectation of freedom. You've called us to a free life, Lord Jesus, a life free from sin, a life free from shame and guilt, Lord. And so I pray anyone listening that is full of shame and guilt and seems to be continually making the wrong decisions, I pray that they would truly turn to you, God, and seek your Holy Spirit for guidance, Lord. I pray that they would run with you, that they would run after you and not look back know that we are not determined by our mistakes god but that you have set us free and we are made new in your name lord jesus i pray your love over everyone listening god and i pray that they would turn to you lord and receive your spirit in your almighty name we pray amen, amen. episode three in the books man we just want to shout out everyone that has tuned into the podcast that has gave us feedback showed us love man we just hope that you continue to share this podcast in the hopes that it would reach someone that feels lost that feels that they may not know god our goal here is just to bring people closer to god and show them that they are loved and that they have a purpose